Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, I hope you had a lovely holiday and I hope you're as excited about 2015 as I am. I just love the freshness of a new year and a new planner and filling things in and calendars. Oh, it's just wonderful. So uh, actually today is a very appropriate episode for that because we get to chat with the amazing Sally Clarkson and her new book called Own Your Life, which is there even a better motto for the new year, Own Your Life. I love that book title and that book releases today. And so today in this episode, we're going to talk about things like how can you be challenged to live a life that is empowering and not depleting? How can God use you in the very place you are right now? And what does it mean to live an excellent life with what God's given you? And I love this one, how love is the foundation of you being influential in your kids' lives. Uh, Sally is honestly one of my very favorite people and has had such a huge impact on my life. And I know you're going to love what she has to share today. Uh, But before we get started, I wanted to mention that I am postponing our meal planning boot camp. I'd mentioned that a few weeks back, that we were going to do it the week of the 12th, um, but we're going to move that back to the 19th. Because the first session of Hello Mornings starts on the 12th, which is this next Monday. And I was thinking for those of you who are doing Hello Mornings for the first time and trying to do a boot camp, that just might be a little bit much. So I thought that by moving it to the 19th, it would, you know, give you a week of Hello Mornings to kind of get in a groove. And then you can tackle your your meal planning for 2015 that following week. Uh, Now, if you want some more info on Hello Mornings, registration is open this week. So just go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash Hello Mornings, and you can learn more about that. Now, as a reminder, that boot camp is going to, it's basically going to be a series of written and video lessons that are going to walk you through how I do my meal planning. Now, I'm not some sort of guru or genius. I am a woman who doesn't like to cook and doesn't like to spend too much time in the kitchen. So I want to make it as simple as possible. Yet I'm also really passionate about having healthy meals for my family and home-cooked meals for my family. So this is just my system of how I do it. And of course, I use plantoeat.com because I've used them for years and years and absolutely adore them, as I'm sure you know by now. Um, But I'm going to walk you through how I use that system on the site and how I set up my menus and put in recipes and do all that sort of stuff. Um, But I think the system would really be useful for you no matter what program you use. But I have to say, if you haven't tried Plan to Eat, I definitely recommend that you go try it out. And you can get a free 30-day trial from them. Uh, That's kind of the perfect amount of time for playing around with it before we do the boot camp and then for a little bit after before you decide if you want to stick with them or not. Just go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action, and you'll get that free trial and a little video welcome that I recorded for you. Okay, guys, I'm super excited about today's episode. I know you're going to love Sally and just her wisdom, and she's just amazing through and through. So here we go. 
Let's jump into our conversation today with Sally Clarkson. Hey, Sally, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. I'm just doing great. How about you? I am doing very well, and I'm absolutely thrilled to talk to you. I always love it when, I mean, I love it when you do anything, but I love hearing your voice and hearing your wisdom. And I just think that um, the knowledge that you have and the heart that you have for women and with my podcast, especially for moms, is just so powerful and inspiring. And I love um, the opportunity to share you with my listeners. So I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast today. Oh, you're so sweet. And you know, you're one of my favorites in the whole world. So We'll just have a mutual admiration. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I am so really, really, really excited. I mean, I've loved all your books, but you have a new book um, out. I I think by the time this airs, it'll already be out called Own Your Life. Mm -hmm. And man, I mean, the title alone is stirring and exciting. And I just am so thrilled for, for this book to come out and for your wisdom to be shared and one thing that I've, I know I've mentioned to you before is that one of my greatest fears is that I would be the same person when I am 65 as I was when I was 35. Oh, my goodness. That I would never grow and change. I mean, we all know people that we feel like they, they peaked somewhere, you know, I don't know how far along, somewhere in their 20s or 30s, and then they just kind of stayed the same. Yeah. And I desperately don't want to be one of those people. And that's, I think that's one reason why even just the title of your book inspires me mm-hmm. so much. Um, I would love to know if you could just give people a little synopsis of the book and, and really what inspired you to write it. Okay. Um, well, for one thing, I just want you to know, I don't think you'll be the same person because you're so exciting to be with and fun. And it brings up a point. Um, I realize that there are so few people that I'm with, and I don't mean this in a critical way, but Uh, I think that when the living God um, decides to live inside of you, in your mind, your heart, your motives, your life, that it will be reflective of Him. And I realized that I wasn't around many people that when I was with them, they made me want to love God more or live more boldly or love more generously or light a candle in my own darkness, you know, so to speak. And I I was um, actually sitting on my couch in my living room and thinking, you know, I have lived a really blessed life. I've got to raise my family, and they love the Lord and love us miraculously. And I've had the chance to be in ministry and do wonderful things. And I realized that there are several of my friends who have kind of lived that kind of life too. And I thought, what was it that we all knew that was different in our lives? And um, I realized that all of us were involved in some kind of a student campus ministry, different organizations when we were young, and someone challenged us and said, "Um, what will you do with your life? How are you going to invest your life for the kingdom of God? And I think when we look in scripture, we look at um, David out of 40,000 soldiers, David said to to the giant, "Um, you come to me with a sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And God used this young man to, to slay the giant. And he used Esther to save all of her people, and he used Moses to defeat the army. And, and we look in the New Testament, and it talks about how um, the the people were amazed at the authority with which the disciples were speaking. And in Acts, it said, who are these uneducated men who are turning the world upside down? 
And so I, I wanted to write a book that would encourage, inspire, and motivate women um, and men, whoever wants to read it, to say, oh my goodness, what does it mean to live a life that's meaningful, um, to partner with the living God and to say, God, what are your purposes? What are your ways in my life? Because I really do think that God wanted us to live a meaningful life, a fulfilling life, a, a life that feels that uh, it's empowering as opposed to depleting. So that's a little bit of why I wrote the book. So I'm sure that's going to stir things in so many people listening right now, but a lot of them are, are listening while they're doing dishes or maybe they're changing a diaper or, you know, in the thick of it. So how do, I mean, how, that sounds great and awesome, but how do we start? How do we get from where we are right now to living a life like that? Well, it's interesting you should ask because um, one of my first chapters, I write about the fact that in my heart, in my hero heart, you know, all those places that you want to grow up and be somebody important someday. I had envisioned that I was going to be doing these great things or maybe dying for the kingdom, but I found that living every day is much harder. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sitting in my home, and um, we had moved to Walnut Springs after living in, in Denver and Vienna and California and Nashville, and we moved to Walnut Springs, 712 people. And I had three children and they all wanted to eat and wear clothes every day and they were fussing and they were making messes and I had just had two miscarriages and I only had three kids at the time and um, I had dreamed of moving to Walnut Springs, Texas because it was out on land and I thought my children are going to go outside and they're going to play and we're going to live little house in the prairie and it was so hot every day and there were so many chiggers and so many bugs and spiders and snakes that they wouldn't even go outside. (laughs) And I was hiding behind the couch. They didn't see me. I didn't mean to hide, but they couldn't find me. (laughs) Wandering all over the house going, where's mama? Mama! You know, calling and calling. And I was sitting on the floor in front of my couch. And so when they came in the bedroom, my couch faced the fireplace at the end of the room. They couldn't find me. And um, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I'm going to admit that I didn't answer them because I wanted to be left alone. And I was sitting there thinking, God, really, this is it? I wasn't. I wanted to do something great for you, and you gave me these sinful, messy children and this bug-eaten, bug-ridden house and um, very few friends. And it was as though the Lord said to me, Sally, this place that I have you is where your story begins. The integrity you practice when no one is looking is the integrity that will be the foundation of the rest of your story. And God pretty much said to me, how well you love your children, uh, your attitude, how well you believe that this is the place you can build generations, this tiny little messy home, um, how well you engage your heart in my scripture is, is the test of you understanding that I want to do something great, but greatness usually happens in small places. And so it's really funny because I was sitting on this shag carpet that my mother-in-law had, green shag carpet. And I realized that that was my place of worship, that God was saying, my power is established in your life in every day of your life, wherever you are. And how you live that day is how I'm going to work through you to accomplish my will. And so um, I look back and feel like even the raising of my children and, and choosing to love them and choosing to try to... Um, kind of bring order to my life 
in this tiny little place where I was actually living with my mother-in-law, which is a whole other story. <laughs> I, I don't recommend it, but <laughs> um, but that's where I learned so much about my spiritual life and about loving well and about celebrating life in simple and small ways. And it actually became some of my favorite years. But spirituality isn't limited to place or to circumstances it's mainly limited to the heart. And if, if a woman says, I want to be your girl, I will be your person wherever I go, God, just show me what you want from me, then every place becomes a place of significance. That's so good. So you emerge from the green shag carpet and from behind the couch. <laughs> I actually made dinner that night. Yeah. <laughs> the kids were saying, Mommy, we couldn't find you, but we went outside and the dogs, and then they just never even remembered. <laughs> <laughs> and you decide that you're going to own your life, yeah, uh, but you're still in the thick of it and still in the midst of it. So oh, yeah. what are some of the, what are some, what's, what changed? What are some of the habits that you started adopting or what, what scriptures did you cling to? How, how did you actually live that process out? Well, some of the, the basic scriptures that are kind of overriding scriptures for us as believers is in Daniel, it says the people who know their God will display strength and take action. And um, I thought, you know, if I know my God, then wherever I am, that's my place of worship, to love well, to celebrate well. There's another verse in the Psalms that says, um, God, teach me to number my days that I might present to thee a heart of wisdom. And um, then I would search Scripture, and I would look in the New Testament, and, it, and Jesus said, don't lay up your treasures on earth, for moth and rust destroys, but lay up your treasures in heaven. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I would, in my times by myself, and probably it was seeking God's word and, and trying to say, God, how do I do this? And um, what does it mean? And I would have quiet times, and God just began to speak to me and said, this is the place you begin practicing spiritual disciplines. This is the place you begin um, overcoming your selfishness by learning how to love and be a servant leader like Jesus was. And this is the place where, and so I just started seeing the place where I was as meaningful, but as a contrast or, or as a connection to the scriptures I was learning. And um, I realized that even being a mom, that I held in my hands four little human beings whose lives would have consequences for eternity. And God said, this is your important work today. And so I would have these inspiring little devotionals with them. Do you know that God's going to use you when you grow up? And you're going to be a Daniel in your lifetime? And um, so really, I cut my teeth on spirituality in this quiet, invisible place as I would engage my heart with the Lord. Um, does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. And I wonder if some of the moms listening love mm -hmm. that idea. But you have journeyed, you know, from that place in Walnut Springs, um, you know, before the Internet really was prolific to now. Right. What, how would you encourage moms who are fighting all the distraction and all the things vying for the, their attention um, when they, they want to do that? They, they're like, I want to dive into the word. I want to study and be focused and know his word. How do they fight those distractions? Well, I think that's a part of um, what Own Your Life is about that um, I used to say to my children when they were little, because there's this great passage in Deuteronomy where God basically comes to the Israelites and he, at the end of the book and 
he says, I desire to bless you, to bless your children, to bless your lands, to give you, um, you know, land with milk and honey and to give you lots of kids and to give you. And he says, you know, so you have to choose me. But he said, if you don't choose me, if you don't choose my ways, um, you will find curse instead of blessing. You will find idols. You will find um, havoc and wars with other peoples. And so he basically says, choose yourselves today whom you will serve. And I used to say to my children, I love you so much. I will do my best to train you. I will expose you to great hero tales. I will teach you how to live, but I can't make you a great person. You have got to decide for yourself what, how you're going to live your life and what you're going to do. And so I think that when a mom really desires to live a more focused and disciplined life, then the first place to start is her will. What are you willing to do to live a more poignant life? And I talk in the book about a lot of things to do, but um, I really think that uh, I had kind of a challenge like that. Clay and I had started a newsletter um, because I was getting so many letters and so many people um, writing to me. And I thought, well, I'll just do a newsletter and send it out to people. And this was before internet, as you know, it wasn't, so this is a physical newsletter. And we went from zero to a thousand people in six weeks. And so I was sitting on the floor with my children, bundling up packets of bulk mail newsletters. I mean, this was a fun newsletter. I had recipes and I had all this stuff in there. And um, I was basically spending all my time looking at the letters that people sent and um, and, you know, getting all this stuff done. And they would, by that time, we did have email. People would send emails, I want your newsletter. And my house was falling apart and my kids were falling apart. And I just prayed about it. And God said, um, if you follow this distraction at this season of life, you will destroy the legacy in your children's lives that you're building. And so I just prayed about it. And I knew clearly that I just had to stop the newsletter. And I went to my, um, we had a secretary for our ministry, and I told her, and she said, oh, I can't believe you're, you're going to stop this. And all of these women who love your encouragement, they're not going to get any encouragement from you anymore. And so it was really tested. Um, you know, several people said, I can't believe you're going to stop the newsletter. But I knew from having a quiet time that if I didn't say no, there were going to be consequences in my life because choices have consequences. And so uh, it may uh, seem crazy, but I think that women have such an ability to live excellent lives that they've got to set their own parameters. Nobody can give them a formula. They've got to say, I will read five minutes in the Psalms before I even open my computer in the morning, or I will not look at my computer until one o'clock and I'll spend one to two or whatever. But... um, in order to live an excellent life, you have to live a focused life. And being focused is something no one can do for you or tell you how to do it because everybody has a different puzzle. But it does require commitment. It requires a plan. And it requires uh, practicing moving in the direction of uh, self-control. That's so good. I love that verse that you shared. And honestly, that would make a brilliant screensaver on a phone or an iPad. Choose this day whom you will serve. That's that that'll that'll get a mom, I think, to turn off her phone pretty quickly. It's so true. And I, I feel like God was so willing to bless, but he really made it very clear that we had to engage our hearts 
and set aside our lives to be holy for him in order for him to bless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was thinking about this and in the online world, most of the people who share are approximately the same age, give or take a few <laughs> years. There isn't a lot of wisdom from moms whose children are grown and, and who have, who are excelling and loving Jesus and living life fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that when I look back on, you know, maybe my high school years or my college years, I think of all the things that I wish I'd done differently and the things that I now try to impart to my children. And I'm curious to know what are the things that you, what are the things that you impart to, to your girls in particular, but also that you would love to encourage moms to focus on or avoid in the young season of motherhood? raising young kids? You know, what are the things that we get so um, consumed by or we think are important, but that aren't actually, you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I really do. And, um, you know, it was easier for me that I didn't have internet until my last child. I mean, by that, by the time Joy was 11 years old, she had a cell phone because we got this deal that was buy five, get one free. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but, um, but this is the thing I, I really feel like, um, I had to learn the value of no, or you can't do that now. Um, and I, I, because I was raised kind of in a discipleship ministry, I was involved in, in crew uh, with many students. I understood the impact of discipleship, that Jesus left the throne of heaven and spent three years um, to build his leaders. He lived with them. He ate with them. He slept with them. He spoke with them. He had fun with them. He celebrated life with them. And he loved them and served them so that they would want to love his father and serve his kingdom. And so I think that one of the most important things is to realize that love is the foundation for us being influential in our children's lives. And if you don't have time to love personally and in a focused way, to, to read that book with somebody sitting next to you on your lap, to um, sit on the floor and play Legos, to go on, on outdoor adventures to, to create fun in your life. I know a couple of years ago, I realized that one of the ways I can tell when I'm too busy is I become a drill sergeant uh-huh. and do this, do that, go here, go there. I don't care what you said, look me in the eye. And you know, I realized that um, I have to monitor myself. And when I'm misbehaving, so to speak, I have to look at my heart and say, okay, what are you doing that God has never required you to do? And what do you need to cut because the personal relationship, spending time discipling your kids, having a home that speaks life, and it's always in and out of order, but that it's it's filled with a life of um, good food, good relationships, good input. Um, I just have to keep monitoring myself and um, go back and cut my life. Um, but the most important thing that I've given to my kids, and I was just in England and Oxford with my two girls, is the love and discipleship. Um, they still look to me. My boys call me every day, wherever they are in the world. Um, Mom, or not every day, but most days. What should I do about this? Um, I have this situation in Hollywood. I have this situation um, in Boston or in Rome. My kids are doing these crazy things now. And because I invested when they were little, and they felt like they were always loved. They felt like I was a champion for their hearts, that they had my personal attention. They still think that we're the go-to people now. 
And I was thinking this morning, because I had so many phone calls for this book that I'm doing, um, my kids should not ever have to make an excuse for my job for them not getting my attention. I need to do my, my work job is what I'm talking about, outside of the parameters of them being my priority if I want them to come to me as the leader in their lives. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It reminds me of a, a phrase. I, I don't know if you said it. I don't know if you said it or if it was in um, one of your books, but whether or not we want to be our child's adversary or their advocate. Yes, exactly. And I think of that so often because it is so easy for me to fall into drill sergeant mode. It is a very comfortable place for me to just say, do this, do that. Let's go now. You, you know, that whole that whole deal. And and to remind myself of that phrase over and over again, because when we do get into those power struggles mm -hmm. and I'm trying to decide, you know, I have to remind myself, do I want to be their adversary or their advocate? And it always comes down to wanting to be their advocate. And, and, and ultimately that comes down to discipleship. I want to be their advocate so that I can teach them how to live life and how to um, follow Jesus and live purposefully and to own their life. Mm -hmm. And good. so to model that for them. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that one of the uh, things that young moms don't realize is there is a window of time when you have opportunities to build into their lives, and all of a sudden they start growing up, and hormones rage, and they want to be liked by everybody else in the world. And if you've built that solid love foundation, our home is the best place to be, I will always be your advocate, then when they go through those journeys, they will still love you and talk with you. But if you've ignored them and neglected them during those years, then they'll look to other people for um, leadership and for love when they get to the junior high and high school ages. It's happened over and over and over again to a lot of my friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What would you say that age is? That, is that junior high? Is that typically the, the line? Do you know, it's, um, I, it's different ages for different kids, but... Um, because hormones can sometimes start with attitudes when some kids are 10 years old or 11 years old. But um, for my kids, it was about the um, 12, 13 range of life when I could just see a change in their moods and a little bit of pushback towards me and, Mom, do I look okay? And, um, you know, there are just some real natural things that happen because they need to grow up. But if you've invested when they're younger, they're going to tell you their secrets. And they're going to confess things. And you make a lot of time for kids when they're in junior high and high school, especially late at night, because they don't always open up as easily, but they long to talk to somebody about all the mysteries that are happening to them. I definitely see that. I have a 12-year-old. And at night, as I'm putting her to bed, is when she wants to talk and share stories from the day. And I want to make that time for her. And that's honestly so hard for me because I'm such a morning person and not an evening person. I'm like, okay, let's just systematize this whole bedtime process, get to bed so that I can crash. But you're, you're right. That is such a crucial time to be able to listen. And, and I think right now this season is so hugely important too, as she's transitioning for me to establish with her that, yes, I'm still your champion in the middle of this, this cha these changes that you're going through that I still want to listen to you. Um, so, so let's say a mom listening right now, maybe her last child is hitting these years and they're all in school. They're all kind of doing a lot more activities and things. And she's been so focused on motherhood. She kind of forgot about what her passions might be and what her purpose could be. And she doesn't even know how to own her life. She doesn't know what she's called to do. How does she rediscover her purpose? 
well, read the book. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I tried to say in the book, the thing is, I really feel like the more women understand their biblical design, the more they'll always have to do. Um, You know, God has called us to be uh, people who call out to the world with wisdom. God has called us to be women involved in ministry. God has called us to love our neighbors and to outreach to them. God has called some of us to write. And I love that you have your blog because you're motivated to do it. And um, some women, um, you know, the thing is, you just have to say, God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, what work do you have for me to do in the next 10 years? How can I move forward in using my skills, my life, my desires, my personality, my messages to reach out and bring your light to the world? And I think that, um, like, I was involved in ministry all the way through my children's lives. We took them with us because it was a part of who I was. And I I don't think that women have to wait until their kids get older. I think that once you develop a vision for life um, based on just some very common principles, those things develop all the way through the years. As a matter of fact, I think that one of the reasons my kids have are still really strong Christians and care about their purpose in life is because we took them everywhere with us as little children and said, you know what, you're the best book that anybody will ever read in their lives. When you walk with God, it's so encouraging to other people. And we would have them serve. We would take them to homeless places. We would have them be with us in our neighborhood. We would um, have them read an article that we'd written and said, do you think that's good? Or what do you think it should be like? And I think that, um, a part of children catching the vision for ministry and living purposefully is that the mom learns to live purposefully from the time her children are very little. And then it grows bigger when they get older. But um, the other thing I would say is that you're never going to be off the hook as a mom in this world at this time, because the more your children move into junior high and high school, the more issues they're going to confront And that's when you still need to invest in their lives. But um, I don't know if I've answered that question very well, but I do think I did cover a number of things in the book that would give women ideas of that they need to be living strategically and reaching out to people no matter how old their children are. And their children will catch that as a part of the life that they live together. And you pray together about the people that are in your life and, you have your kids' friends over for Bible studies, and um, you have dinners for families in your area, or you're looking for people to help. And when that ministry component is a part of your family life, all their lives, it's kind of seamless uh, when they get into junior high and high school because you just naturally expand because they'll bring more kids your way. You'll have more people in your life, and you've already developed a foundation of ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Sally, I think you answered that really well because. Sometimes we can think of our purpose as having to do specifically with a job. And so when we, if we're choosing to stay home with our kids and we think, oh, I can't think about that. A job is something that I'll do later when I have more time. But our purpose is so much greater than that. And then if we learn to figure out what that thing is in the midst of mothering um, yes. and bringing our children into it, God yeah. can kind of fan that flame until, you know, as we have more time, we can give more to it. But now is the time for, for moms to really 
figure out what they're made for, what God has called them to, and then the purpose that he created them for. And and you don't have to dive into it 100% right now. It can be something that just, you know, sits on the back burner for a few years while you focus on your children, and then maybe he'll bring it to the front sometime in the future. But our purpose is always there, and a job is just something that, that can come later that can fuel that and that we can have an outlet for it. Yeah, I think different seasons, different um, applications, but and then also, I don't want moms to feel overwhelmed. I have a lot of moms that come to me and say, I've been doing it all wrong, and how do I, how do I have this great life all of a sudden? And I think that it's just it's baby steps. I think it's brick by brick to build the whole um, estate, so to speak. And I think that once a person begins literally understanding some of these principles of, of discipline and of character and ministry and reaching out and loving well and building a home where people come to see the life of Christ, you just make one goal at a time. You know, every six months I would have my journal and I would say, Lord, what do I need to do now? What character quality do my children need now? Just one character quality. And, and so it's kind of like those um, plates that you put in. The, have you ever seen the person that puts a plate on a stick and he starts out with one and then mm-hmm. he adds? I look back in my life and I feel like my capacity now is so much more than I ever thought it would be, but the first plate getting it in the air was the hardest one. And um, so you start out small, and you learn to begin planning and living strategically, and then before you know it, you'll have more to do than you can ever do, and life will be fulfilling and, and challenging and not always perfect, but God will continue to draw us forward to maturity in these areas. I love it. What are the different areas that you cover in the book? Well, there's 17 chapters, and um, one of the areas I start out with is that women need to learn to love themselves. Um, I, I feel like I'm with lots of people who, um, they carry this baggage on their shoulders from scars or voices of other people or failures that they've had, and God wants us to start with a clean slate. You can really start, hopefully in life, much better if you get rid of all the junk. So I talk about, you know, owning your owning your self-image. I talk about um, spiritual disciplines. I talk about uh, learning how to feed your own soul. That might mean um, reading great books, being with godly people, traveling some, whatever you need to do to feed your soul that uh, so that whenever people come there, they'll have um, life to draw from. You know, God wants you to cooperate with the personality you've been given. I talk about... Um, developing your home, developing your marriage, developing your motherhood, developing your ministry, developing spiritual disciplines, um, learning how to live by faith and leave your worries in the hands of God, um, learning how to forgive people because all of us are confronted by people who don't love well and learning how to move on in relationships from that. And so I tried to um, just cover a lot of areas that were very basic areas for me, but each of them needed attending on their own in order for me to grow in a really strong, mature way. Well, I am so excited for people to get their hands on this book because you've had such an influence on me um, and been such an incredible example. And I just think I've heard you talk about this topic so many times and to finally have it in book form that I can, you know, hand to somebody and say, Hey, you have to read this book. I'm just so excited for this to be out. Um, So let's say people get this book where can they find you online? Can Do you have events that they can go to? Tell us how people can, can learn more from you. 
You're so sweet, Kat. Um, well, at the moment, we, we're going to have three uh, conferences, three moms conferences, one in Colorado, California, and Texas. And um, we will be hosting those. Um, we do them every year. Sometimes we even do it on the East Coast, too. And um, you can find about everything that we're doing at either wholeheart, W-H-O-L-E-H-E-A-R-T dot org, or at my blog where I write at sallyclarkson.com. And um, we do e-conferences. We do leadership trainings, which I'm going to begin expanding to three a year. We'll have about 30 women into our home. And give them a weekend of inspiration and encouragement and food. Of course, you've been there, Cab. Oh, so amazing. So very amazing. So there are many venues through which people can connect with us through blog, through uh, conferences, through e-conferences, and then also special conferences in my home. Well, if you're listening right now, I just have to say, I know I hear so many moms say they just wish they had a mentor, somebody to show them you know, how how motherhood works, how life works. And I just have to say, Sally has been that person for me through her words and her books. And she is just the absolute real deal. So genuine and caring and loving. And I could not recommend her book more highly, all of her books really, and her conferences. So, um, you know, I, I talk about, I have a lot of guests on the show and I talk about a lot of different books. But um, I know Sally well, and I just want to highly encourage you that if you've ever wanted that person in your life, Sally has shared so much fabulous wisdom in this book and in so many books that she has. And I just encourage you to go and and just really eat that up and and marinate in the wisdom that God has given her. And um, so, yeah, go to Sally's blog, check those out. And I'll be speaking at the Dallas conference. So I would love for those of you who are in Texas to come there and say hi. So. Oh, I can't wait, Kat. And I realize that when this podcast comes out, I will be doing a giveaway. Uh, we're going to fly two people. Um, we're, one person will win, and she gets to bring a girlfriend. Um, and my publisher is going to fly them to my house for a leadership weekend um, and put them up in a hotel. So I guess when the podcast comes out, tell all your friends to come by and, and register for the giveaway because it would be fun if somebody from – your audience won. That would be absolutely fantastic. Do they go to sallyclarkson.com to enter that? Yeah, they'll go to sallyclarkson.com. Okay, awesome. Well, Sally, thank you so very much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your wisdom and your heart with us. And um, I hope you have an amazing day. Oh, thanks so much, Kat. I just love being with you and you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. 
Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. Gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in. 